0: Our passion didn't start with a mouth. It started with people, with the well-being of the profession. And if you're like me, maybe a little bit of your nerdiness and all things tech too. We all want to love what we do, but the truth is burnout, people problems, and glass ceilings can keep us from doing what we set out to do. So let's get back to the heart of connection. Welcome to The Dental Handoff. This show is about passing you the knowledge, the habits... The systems and the strategies to lead your teams, lean on your tech, and listen to your gut while you take care of people and truly the overall health of our communities. Let's stop using the wrong end of the toothbrush, y'all. My name is Dr. Kelly Tanner. Oh, and uniquely, I'm a dental hygienist too. You can consider me a guru in the dental and leadership industry. With over three decades of experience, my goal is to take you to the next level by empowering growth, perspective, and confidence by identifying the gaps, recognizing the plaque, and extracting the truth with the other experts in the field. I'll share their stories, empower you to own yours, and elevate your passion in the process. So have a seat in the chair, put on your bib, and let's get to work. Welcome to The Dental Handoff. I'm Dr. Kelly Tanner, and today I have with me The Emily Bogey, everybody knows and loves. Hello. We are at ADHA Conference at the Bisco booth. And I got the privilege of running into um, an award-winning instrument designer, lover of all things dental and people, Emily Bogey. So Emily, I always start with um, why dental hygiene for you? Like, what's your story? Okay. So I started out
1: in uh, pharmacy school. Um, actually when I was in seventh grade, I invented a fly vacuum with my best friend and we won Invent Iowa and I got a college scholarship. And then, um, when I was in 11th grade, I went to biomedical camp at the University of Iowa and I got another college scholarship. So I just decided that I wanted to be a pharmacist. I really don't know why. Um, I just had it in my head. I wanted to be a pharmacist. I never shadowed a pharmacist. I never like, in hindsight, I'm not really sure why I just picked that job. But I went to school at Iowa for a year and I hated it. Totally hated it. So I went and did a career inventory survey and everything on that career inventory survey pointed toward dentistry. And at that time I was pretty seriously dating a farmer and I thought, "Oh, I don't want to have an, a, a business. I would rather, you know, go into the dental hygiene side." So then like many of us here at the conference had I, I had to wait to get into hygiene school. And so in the meantime I went to dental assisting school. And then I did hygiene school and um, practiced as a clinical hygienist for 12 years. And then, um, oh, it was about 2009, I started doing some stuff with Colgate. I was on their oral health advisory committee. And I started just just getting more out into the corporate side of dentistry. Um, I never really thought anybody would care about what somebody, you know, a small town girl from Iowa thought. And when these companies started to like really value my opinion as a clinician, I was like, holy cow. So then I went into doing some article writing for them. And as I was doing article writing, it it became apparent that I should probably have a bachelor's degree because at that time I had a diploma and two associates degrees, a diploma in dental assisting associates in arts and then associates in applied science and dental hygiene. And so I went back and I got my bachelor's degree and I couldn't believe how easy the bachelor's program was. And like, if you can do hygiene school, you can do anything. And so when I was in the bachelor's program, one of my teachers was like, you should get a master's. He's like, you're, you're really good at writing. You should get a master's. So I rolled right into a master's program, um, graduated from that in 2015. And I got a call from the college where I went to college. And they said that they were badly in need of a program director. Their program director had left. Um, They had some leadership issues that needed to be resolved, and they wanted me to apply for the job. So I was never really in like formal education before that. I hadn't been a professor, I hadn't been an instructor at the school. And so I'm like, I don't know if I really can apply for a job as the administrative chair of dental assisting and dental hygiene if I'd never done education. But then I really thought about it and I was like, As a hygienist, we all are educators, right? It's just kind of part of being a hygienist. And the other thing, I, I was giving some continuing education programs on the local level. Um, I'd given a couple on the national level, but not I wasn't super busy like a lot of the speakers that were around that time of you know 2010, 2012, um, that were on the road a lot traveling. And so I applied for the job and I thought, well, I'll, I'll try my best. And if if it's not my jam, then I'll do it for a couple of years and then I won't do it anymore. Um, and here we are eight years later. <laughs> and so the college did help me um, with paying for my doctorate. So I went back and got my doctorate, uh, finished that in 2021 and just have been bopping around, doing education. Um, Back in 2010, I designed an instrument with Hugh Freedy. Uh, designed another instrument um, in 2015 with American Eagle. Uh, I have a new periodontal probe coming out with PDT. And another instrument with PDT that will probably be coming out next year that we haven't really talked a whole lot about. Um, I'm also working on selling a patent right now for a home care product. And so it's been a pretty busy go around, but that's kind of like my whole story. Um, but now, uh, my main focus in dental hygiene is really supporting and empowering students and giving them the confidence that they need to be entry level clinicians because we all remember how it feels when you graduate and you get out into like the real world, and it's really, really overwhelming, and so
0: I just want to make sure they have all the tools they need to succeed. okay, so you just that's a that was a lot so you went from. Applying, I mean, okay, back way up. You decided you wanted to be a pharmacist mm-hmm. and then you didn't want to be a pharmacist. Mm-hmm. And then you, what inside of you said, okay, I'm going to apply for this program? It, it was it just kind of like, ah, whatever, I'm just going to do it? it well, when you do those career inventory surveys, it's, they ask, it was like,
1: I don't remember exactly because it was like 25 years ago, but it's like 200 and some questions that you answer, right? kind of like taking one of those personality profiles um but everything indicated health care and then i looked at the various healthcare options and everything kept landing on dentistry 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 i didn't go to the dentist until i was 15 so i'm one of 11 kids the first time i went to the dentist i had like 18 cavities and because you know my parents didn't have enough money to take all of us to the dentist so you only really went to the dentist when you had problems and so i didn't want to go there anyway because i didn't you know you hear horror stories from your siblings. Right. um but yeah that's part of the reason I, I did dental school uh dental assisting school in the interim because I just wasn't sure that being in the mouth was going to be my jam you know and I thought the more I looked into dental hygiene the more I just it, it just clicked like hey this this is gonna be something I'm gonna enjoy right. and so I was dental hygiene kind of found me I know that's kind of cliche but i I needed guidance and
0: that's where I was guided to. So, but that's, I mean, that's kind of gutsy for a lot of people. I mean, so imagine a person hearing your story and they're thinking, how do I, how do I follow in the steps? I mean, of course, no one is you, no one's me, but how would I become a person who develops instruments? How would I step into that? What kinds of words of advice would you give to them to say, like, it's okay, just do it anyway, even though you're not like things like that. What was going through your head at that time?
1: I tell the students often that I've done everything in this industry, um done a lot of stuff wrong. <laughs> I, I did it wrong the first time, and then I figured out how to do it right the second time. Um, my big thing is you have to say yes, right? Um, sometimes I say yes too much, but you have to you have to at least try because so often I have students, and that's the, one of the first things I tell the students when they apply for the programme or when they come to their registration session. You have to know your why. Like going into it, you have to know your why. Cause when, if you don't know your why and it starts to get hard, you're gonna quit. And so that's kind of how I've approached a lot of the things I've done in the industry. Um, and you have to meet people and you can't do it yourself. And so a good chunk of, of my success in my career has come from knowing the right people. Like I'm not the smartest person in the world, but I have really smart friends like Dr. Kelly Tanner here, very smart. Human um, but I surround myself with people who can help me, and so many people are afraid to ask for help and I tell the students that a lot of times too is as soon as you need help, you need to ask for it. The sooner you ask for it, the better and I didn't know that for a lot of years, and that's once I realized that asking for help is is okay, then all these good things started happening for me and the other thing that I realized was... If something isn't your jam, then don't do it again. Like try
0: anything once. If it's not your jam, don't do it again. Yeah. And so say yes. Yeah. And sure. then get clear and then get clear on if you want to do that again, or if you want to keep going, lean into it. But then what well, you said something too, that you started having conversations with different companies and they started listening mm-hmm. to you. And I try to tell the students that all the time. It's just like your opinion matters. Like I want, I want you to stretch beyond what you know. And I want you to try this. Think, think beyond what you know and try this because this is your career and you're going to be trying this, this new thing for the rest of your life as, as you evolve. Technology di- continues to disrupt what it is that we're doing. And so you have to get comfortable with with being uncomfortable For sure, and knowing that the first time that you pick up anything, it's not going to seem natural.
1: Right. And that's the other hard part. I think in our hygiene personality, it, it's extra frustrating for us when things don't work out. And then we beat ourselves up about it, and then we don't want to try again. And I see that happen time and time and time again. The other thing is, people will ask me, "Oh, how like you've had some pretty cool success happen, but how did you do it?" Like they want like a step by step plan, but their how to do it isn't gonna match my how to do it because we're not on the same track. And that's the other thing that's really hard to tell people um, because people will come to me and ask for advice. Like I have this idea, what do I do? And I'm like, well, first you have to network and find people you trust. Well, how do I find people I trust? Well, first of all, you got to protect yourself. So, get an NDA written, have them sign an NDA and you sign the NDA. It protects both sides. Then you can share your ideas once you have it in writing. So, make sure that you take the right steps. And I'm happy to, to tell you about those right steps, but I can't do it for you. And I've found that a lot of people want to have the they want to reap their rewards but they don't want to put in the work. And I mean, I work really, really hard, but I also love to work. So you have to first make sure you like what you're doing and you're willing to put the time into it. And then the success will come, but you can't expect it to happen overnight. I mean, I've been doing this 20 years and I still some days feel like I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Like, I I don't know what's going to happen in a year and people are like, oh, what's next for you? And that's the other really hard thing. Sometimes you just have to say, nothing's next. Like that was really hard for me. I don't know if you had that experience after your doctorate, but you get that dissertation done and you present. And I remember turning my computer off after my dissertation and closing it and being like, oh crap, what am I going to do now? Like I was busy enough in the industry, but it was just like, I've been working so hard for this for so long and now I have it. What am I going to do now?
0: People would ask
1: you probably,
0: what are you going to do when you're done? What are you going to do? What, what did you say? I How probably heard that.
1: It? I probably heard it 20 times this weekend already or this week at the meeting. And I finally, like right after I completed um, my my dissertation, I went to the Chicago Midwinter meeting that year in 21, like a couple weeks later. And I kind of walked around and people kept asking me that question. And I finally, um, one of my business partners from Germany said, you know, you can tell people that you're, you're not going to do anything. you can just tell people, I'm just going to enjoy this right now. Like I'm going to be in the now right now. And I was like, that makes so much sense. Yeah.
0: Like that wasn't hard to think about. Why didn't I think? of that, you know? <laughs> Because that's not our personality. It's what's next. It's what's, what's, next? Next? what's next, you know, what's because next? you, because two, once you have, once you have the doctorate and you, and any, any type of degree, you have a responsibility. It's almost people look to you to do something with that for their profession or because you have this knowledge that you've worked so hard for. It's okay. Emily, how are you going to save the world with what you just learned? Well, and it's success is a drug. I think because when,
1: when you have it, then you want it again and then you want it again. And then what, what can I do that was better than what I just did? And how can I, that. And then it, one more, one more, one more. Right. And so, um, part of, i kind of have an addictive personality like that with, with success in dentistry, like what am I going to do next? And so you get that in your head and it can be kind of almost like harmful sometimes yeah. because you just get so caught up in the work. And I'm fortunate enough to have a husband that will be like, okay, let's slow down. And you have too much on your plate and he'll kind of ground me, um, have a couple great kids that, that, that do the same thing. But it's it, you have to recognize that you can't do everything. And sometimes it's okay to just chill. The other thing I want to tell you, and I haven't told a whole lot of people this, is um, I'm trying to publish my doctorate and it just got rejected by a major journal. And I was like, just found out a couple months ago and I've been really depressed about it. And I was at a meeting this morning and someone said something that just like really grounded me like, you, you have to just try again. Like if it didn't work the first time, you have to try again. And so I'm like, mm, that's why I'm here. That's that's why I came to ADHA this year because I needed to hear that. Yeah. Come out of that person's mouth. And so now I'm going to figure out where I want to try to publish it again. Um, and it was it was really hard for me because I had edited it three times.
0: And yeah, to get it into journal format, it's like you have to squish it because you have this 121 pages. Say how long was it, and then you have to squish
1: it into how many words. And I, <laughs> I squished it down, squished it down, squished it down to five thousand words. And still, I'm like, am I changing the intent of it? And then I always am second guessing, like, why, why don't they want it? Isn't it good enough? And it just, I, the bottom line is, it's it's just not relevant to what they want their publication to be, right? Yeah. And so it's just. It's hard because when you have success and then you get rejected, it's just like, well, that stinks. I wasted all that time. And I I just had that realization this morning, like, you know what? It wasn't a waste of time because I learned how to do it. And the next time it'll be easier. And I already have it kind of shrunk down. Yeah. and So, yeah, I'm just it, it's taken me a couple of months
0: to really get over that. And so with that, too, is it? I think that we've all been there. And it's, you know, the success I've been reading, I read a book called The Gap and the Gain. I don't know if you've ever read that, but it talks about how when you, when you chase, not really chase, but we can chase success. So it talks about in the book that, you know, we try to measure ourselves against, um, you know, the pursuit of happiness and um, God in some instances where it's like, you try to be as good as something else. And what does that measure truly in your mind? But like you just said, through that process of what you did, you learned, you learned where you learned a lot about yourself. And I think too, for me, my doctorate was a learning, uh, was learning a lot about myself. Would mm-hmm. you agree with that?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And last night,
1: um, I went to the
0: Dimensions, um,
1: Esther Wilkins award ceremony and Anne's Spalarch won. And she has always been like, that's what I wanted to be. You know, I saw people like Anne, I saw people like Joanne, like Winnie Finari, like Jackie um Frieding and it's you see those people and you're like someday I'm gonna get there and I think that's why I, I love coming to these meetings because I mean I see people like you and it's like wow she's killing it and it just gives you such ambition and like refuels your fire. And for people who are watching this podcast that don't come to these hygiene meetings, that's what you're missing. I mean, yeah, you have to invest a little money in yourself by paying to come to the meeting. But the people that are here are... are You surround yourself with inspiration and motivation. And I always feel bad for those hygienists that are out there in private practice that are all by themselves and maybe a smaller office who don't have that support and don't have that motivation and they don't know what they're missing. And just the empowerment that the fellow hygienists at this meeting, um, the men and women who are here that are just killing
0: it. You know, it's so inspirational. Yeah. It's um, it's those, have you found too, that we were talking about this yesterday on another podcast. Sometimes when you're chasing something, when you feel like you're chasing it, that it doesn't chase you back, you feel like you're let down, Mm -hmm. right? But it's when you stop chasing is when it drops in. Are you finding that too? Oh yeah, all the time and i i'll get I'll feel myself getting disappointed.
1: And then i'm why am i even disappointed? Like all the all the good things you have going on. But you forget about all that because the one thing didn't work out for
0: you. Yeah.
1: And it's kind of like when you i presented to an audience of almost 2000 people in may. And one of the reviews was just scathing. And the other, you know, over 1000 reviews were really good. But what did I think about yeah. the one person that was like, that's not what I signed up for. She didn't present what I signed up for. Well, did you read the course description and objectives? Like, And I get so hung up on that. But then I'm like, you know what? Maybe that person was just having a bad day. Right. And if, and if that's how they wanted to let their frustration out, well, I gave them an outlet. But you just... Focus, and I do that with student reviews at school too. I
0: was just getting ready to say the Uh, student student reviews. I'm like, what did I go
1: wrong? What did I do? And you try to think, in what lecture did I say that, (laughs) or or what time were they talking about where I had a question on a test that wasn't covered? Like you try to like rack your brain. One question that you gave to 20 students, and one of them
0: was unhappy with it, and that's what you get so hung up on. Yeah, but it's you're so exactly right too about that that one course eval. With that big audience, and it's we focus on that. I think because we're trying to fix it, right? When I because when when it comes to student evaluations too, or even if a student if a student doesn't do well on a test, I think it's my fault. Right. I'm like, what did I not cover? What can I do better? How is there room for improvement for me? So it's always an introspective, reflective way to to look at that. And so I think that that is a way that we sort of define our success and what it is that we are doing. And I think we need to stop that. You know, I I really think it's the chase and the chase. We just got to slow down and sometimes let it find us because when did you, I'm shifting gears here a little bit. When did you figure out that you wanted to develop your first instrument? Like how did, what was that process like? Well,
1: I had an idea and it's kind of a long drawn out story, but the first time I designed an instrument, I had an idea and The company kind of took and ran with it and didn't really get me involved in the process. And I showed up at a meeting and the instrument was there, but I didn't have a lot of input in it. And so the second time I did it, I was a very, um, I I got my non-disclosure agreement signed and I got my ducks in a row and I sat down and met with the engineer and we mapped out a plan. But yeah, I mean, I've always been interested in like bending instruments and playing around with the metallurgy and that kind of stuff. But it never occurred to me that it could actually happen. Like, if you have an idea, it can happen. It might not be able to happen overnight. um, And people might say no. And so with this patent I'm working on right now, um, I was in discussion with this company since January. And they just yesterday decided that they weren't going to buy it. Well, now I'm going to move on to another company. So I can either get depressed about the fact that the one company doesn't want to buy it, even though I, I, I wasted seven months, you know, blah, blah, blah. I didn't waste that time. We got our PowerPoint decks in a row. We have our pitch deck. We have everything polished. We made the videos of it. I mean, all that stuff is now done. And so at first, when, when I got told no, I was like, well, this sucks. You know, what, yeah. what am I going to do now? Well, I'm going to start over. And that's okay. And so I just, I get really um, disappointed and I feel like as I get older, I can shift out of that disappointment easier. I don't know if you have the same experiences, but I feel
0: like age has given me some maturity in that aspect. Yeah. It's perspective, I think, because I think what I have learned from it is that, and, and that's an important point that you make is that being able to get out of the funk quicker saves so much energy and so much time, especially when you feel like you've lost time right? And it's to first identify that it's happening to be like, oh, I didn't, I didn't like that. And to feel like you're feeling low. Okay. What's the opportunity here? What was I supposed to learn from this?
1: Right. And I also think as I get older, I'm starting to care less and less about what people think of me. Not that, not that I want to openly offend people or anything like that, but I used to get so bent out of shape. Like if somebody's would make I don't know, let's just make some up. Like they would make a comment about my outfit. Be like, well, what's wrong with my outfit today? Like I would get so hung up on it, and now I'm like, man, well, sorry you don't like my outfit. I'll move on. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like very trivial things. I used to get really hung up on, and as I get older, I'm just not allowing that
0: anymore. Good. And I think too that through that, moving on that process of taking that next, next step of saying, you know what, that's okay. You know what, that's okay. It builds, I think, resilience Mm -hmm. and what you're doing to prove to yourself that it can work out, that it will work out. And it doesn't take you trying to put something, put something where it doesn't belong in your life with anything.
1: The other thing I've realized is being in an educator position, the students will pick up on how I treat myself. And I just in the last couple of years really internalized that, you know, if I have a bad attitude, then the room has a bad attitude. Like whether you label yourself as a leader or not, you're a leader. Like, and, and I f- find that with like, even when I give a, a CE to an audience, like if I had a bad, frustrating morning, getting my equipment set up and I carry that bad attitude into my lecture, the audience, you know, the 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 vibe is there. And that's something that I've really been trying to improve on, just making sure that my attitude is positive. So then people around me will kind of hopefully pick up on it.
0: That's such great words of advice, because that energy, it really does. People can sense it. I mean, it's it's, so if you remember growing up, like if your parents were fighting, man, you knew it you knew it was going down and you just stayed out of their way. Or if you felt like they were in a bad mood and you were going to ask them a question, but you're like, no, I'm not, now's not the time. They, they know that. And so to that self-awareness is what I, I think is one of the most critical pieces of our foundation as an individual. It's what we're responsible for, you know, that self-leadership truly.
1: And I think that, I don't know how political I can get on this podcast, but I think that the association needs to work on that more. And I think that um, the Dental Hygiene Association is, we, we all know it, we're down on members. All associations across all professions are down on members. But I think that we need to get back to the roots of, of why we're members and why we have to have an association and the ethics part of it and the standards of practice part of it. And... We need to just take a good hard look about accepting each other and being kind to each other, and that vibe. I think at this meeting, it's it's. I'm feeling a lot of positivity at this meeting, and it makes me so happy because I, you know, we we talk up the association so much in our program. All of our students are members, um, but why don't they stay members? And I think that that positivity is an entity that we are working on and we need to continue to work on that acceptance and, and, and
0: just kindness and being open. I think when you look at any great leader, which as you stated, and I agree that we all are leaders in our profession, leaders in our office, to our families, to our communities, it all starts with love, right? Because that's where kindness comes from is wanting, wanting something for someone else that has nothing to do with you. I mean, it's out of your own empathy. Okay Yeah, oh, hold okay. on So we'll just start that so It all it all starts with love and Because that's the center of everything. It's at the center of kindness. It's at the center of what the way that we reach outside of ourselves to form that empathy to say I I can connect with what you just said. Thank you so much for sharing that with me That must have been very difficult to say that and I what you said resonates with me because and this this meeting this time it feels different it feels like that people are here out of love for their profession and um we just need more of it period the end we have to remain open to other people you know it doesn't have to mean that we have to agree with everything you know but we need that we need that difference to create that by that kind of that check-in bias as well i agree it's we don't have to
1: be each other's best friends all the time but you have to be kind to each other and i think that you you can disagree on business and still agree on how we need to move forward as a a profession and and how professionalism looks to society and that's my big thing man i my ultimate dream before i retire and i say this time and time and time again is to walk down the street and be able to say to anyone, I'm a dental hygienist, and they know what that means. Yeah. And I always want to know what percentage of people don't know what a hygienist is. Because before I went to hygiene school, before I took that career inventory survey, I had no idea what the difference between a dental assistant, a dental hygienist, and a dentist was. And i that's what I want for us. I want for us to be like, when someone says they're an RN, people know what an RN is. Yeah. I want that for the RDH, LDH. I want it globally. And I think that that's what I put my heart into and I I tell students that's what you need to get out there and, and tell people how educated you are, how much you know, what you can do for society. Because that societal recognition of dental hygiene, I don't think that we're
0: where we need to be with that. Yeah. I agree with that. Well. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I've, I'm so glad um, at these conferences, you guys. You just run into so many people who you see online or see articles written from, and they they just fill you up, right? They just yeah. it, it warms your heart, and it, there's to me that's priceless. Yeah, you you can't get that anywhere else. No, you can't. No. So, to all of our listeners, thank you so much for your support. Don't forget to give us five stars on Apple, five stars. Um, five, stars, five stars, five stars, five stars. Emily, Emily Bogey says, give us five stars. Five and then, stars. <laughs> <laughs> and then go on to YouTube, uh, like, share, subscribe with your friends who you love and be well. Thanks for all that you're doing in the communities. Have a great week.